So here's what we're going to do. We're re-recording today, and that's something that I rarely do. If you're listening to this on the podcast, it doesn't really matter. But I started, right? I started recording, and I didn't have my stuff together. My prep wasn't right. I got inspired, and I'm like, you know what? We're going to talk today. Let me put together my topics, and let me talk. Let me caution all of you. From not properly preparing, I mean, I had Gucci in here raising saying I, I, I didn't have my, what else did I, I didn't have my microphone and my headphones hooked up properly. I was going through the darn computer mic and, and that's not what we use here. And then I made a reference that wasn't the right reference. Instead of giving Tarantino credit for Django. I gave Scorsese credit for Django. And I just, that just didn't sit right with me. I go, yeah, this is a live show, but it ain't got to be a live show. It's my show. So I'm going, eh. And then I forgot to shout out the Nibblers for forgiveness, forgiveness family, baby, for the threads. So then I said, hold on. Let me recharge my batteries. Let me, let me regroup. Let me make sure I have all the notes that I need and let me provide the proper product that I want to give you all the consumer. So, I mean, I've changed up my demeanor. I'm sitting here. I'm chilling. I got my legs crossed. You can't see it, but I'm comfortable. And, and so today what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about how supporting cast make movies. We're going to maybe talk about Giannis being the best player in the league. No, we're going to talk about Giannis maybe being the best player in the league. See, words matter. Everybody like, oh, the word don't matter. Yes, the words matter. Because see, when I say maybe we're going to talk about Giannis being the best player in the league, that means we may talk about the topic. But then if I say we're going to talk about Giannis maybe being the best player in the league, that that changes the whole conversation. Then after that, we're going to do a little CP3 talk. We're going to talk some legacy and what this finals will mean to his legacy. And then finally, I'm going to give my thoughts on the finals through three games. Now, for any of you listening, go ahead and share. Let the people know who we are out here. If, 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 if you want to, um, if you're listening in the podcast format, make sure you rate, review. You can also share. Flood, flood people's texts, all that stuff. Let them know we out here. But just, but I, I just want you all to enjoy what it is we have to say. Rate, review, subscribe, all of that. But let's get into it. The supporting cast makes the movie. So often in society, we place so much focus on the main attraction. But when the main attraction is truly a main attraction, how often do they fail to deliver? Now think about it. Think about your favorite movie. You you look at who directed the movie. Like, I'm going to go with Django, one of my favorite movies. You go legendary director, Quentin Tarantino. Then you go legendary actors. You go Jamie Foxx, the most talented man alive. You go... Leo DiCaprio. And then you even have like your Kerry Washingtons of the world. You have the Dr. Schultz, whoever he was. 
you you, you have the random was it um Jonah Hill side like you have all these other little pieces right that support Leo and support Jamie because we know they're going to be great but in order for the movie to be great the director has to be great the production has to be great the the the, the supporting cast has to be great right now think about a movie by one of your favorite actors, right? Or actresses. It could be a good, it could be a great movie to you. Or excuse me, they can do a great job in the movie, but the movie's not what you want it to be. And you go, but damn. Jamie carried his weight. Leo carried his weight. Will carried his weight. Insert your favorite actor. Carry their weight. Ryan Gosling, hell, I don't know who y'all listen to, who y'all watch. I'm not a movie guy. But the movie just wasn't it. And it's not the actor's fault because they did what they were supposed to do. And maybe we hold it against the actor when it comes to the award season. But in our general conversations, we don't hold that against them because we understood they did what they were supposed to do. Now, I want to bring that same... I want to bring that same conversation, right, to basketball. Because so often, we want to blame the star player for the team's lack of success. But they give us what we expect, night in and night out, game in and game out, year in and year out. But then we point at them when the team doesn't succeed, and you go, hold on. Do we have the right coach? Do we have the right co-star? Do we have the right GM? You know, and don't get me wrong, there are multiple ways to get this done, right? Because I I think about some of the hood classics, right? Movies that we absolutely love. And you look at the people in it, you go, wow, that was him before his time. Like, Like, look at something like Boomerang, right? Eddie Murphy had some heavy hitters in that movie. But they weren't necessarily hitting as heavy as they could in that moment. Like, 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 look at who Chris Chris Rock was in that movie. He was the male, he was the male boy. But then when you look back at the entire movie, you go, oh, dang, man, that was a button superstar there, another button superstar, another button superstar. And again, that's like a team. Sometimes you have you, you make a movie and you have the megastar, Eddie Murphy, right? LeBron James. And then you surround that 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 superstar with other superstars like a Harlem Knights, right? You got Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Della Reese, hell, Charlie Murphy. You know, Charlie Murphy was uh, was 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 had a very very low key role. Arsenio Hall. You have all these heavy hitters in the movie, and that goes your, there goes your super team. There goes your super team. Where there's so much talent here, we can't fail. But then you have a movie like The Revenant. And you got Leo. And that's about it. But everything around Leo was set up for Leo to be successful and for him to get that Academy Award that he's been wanting forever. He finally got his Oscar, right? He finally got his ring. And that's when you look at like a a 2011 
Dirk Nowinski, right? You look at a 2021 possible Giannis, a 2019 Kawhi, right? Where it's like, ah, all the stuff around here is not necessarily the way we'd like to put it. It goes against the norm of what everyone's looking for as far as a consumer, but it had what was needed in order to make the great movie, to get the ring, to get the award. And I, and I think we should look at basketball that way because no matter what is around the greats, the greats deliver. They're going to give us exactly what we want from them, but the supporting cast is what matters. The coach, the GM, the, the, the supporting players. And again, there's multiple ways to do it. You can have a lot of stars or you can have stars and great, great support. But at the end of the day, the support is what makes the champion. Just, just, just think about this right here, right? Look at the difference between LeBron in 2015 and LeBron in 2016. There are some who blame LeBron for not winning the championship in 2015, even though he was up on the Warriors. But look at his supporting cast. Kyrie Irving was gone. Kevin Love was hurt. He was gone as well. So he didn't have his two gun, his two biggest guns with him in the finals, and the team was built to be top heavy, and they couldn't be top heavy, so they lost. They returned in 2016, and what did they do? They win the championship. But if you look at LeBron's production, his production in 2015-16 playoffs, he averaged excuse me 2014-15 playoffs. Sorry, he averaged 30 a game in the playoffs. In the 15-16 playoffs, he averaged 26. Why? He wasn't even as great, quote-unquote, by the numbers as far as points go, but he had the right supporting cast around him to win. And so often, so often, we want to put the onus on the superstar, but the superstar delivers. But the supporting cast makes the movie. Look at Steph Curry. Since Steph Curry hit his stride, he's been one of the best players in the NBA. He's won three championships. He's been in four. And then all of a sudden, he loses Clay. He loses Kevin Durant. And what happens? They miss the playoffs. Steph Curry had an MVP, MVP caliber season this past year. He ranked in the MVP voting. And he missed the playoffs. He got put out in the play-in. Why? Because his supporting cast wasn't there. Steph probably had his best season of his career this past year. But the team's success wasn't there. Why? Because he didn't have the right supporting cast. Think about Kobe Bryant. We love Kobe. RIP to a legend. How different was Kobe with Shaq? Kobe without Shaq? Than Kobe with Powell. Now, we can look at the numbers. If y'all want to look at the numbers, I can pull them up for you. Let's see. His last season with Shaq was the 03-04 season. I'm just pulling up. We're looking at a regular season. Here we go. He was 24 game that year. No Shaq, 04-05, 27. 05-06, 35. 31, excuse me, 06-07, 31. 08-09, excuse me, 07-08, 28. Powell shows up late 08 09. He's at 26.8. 27 the next year with Powell, two championships. 
he did it and he starts to get old. Drops off to 25, 2011, 2012, 28. But anyways, the, the production is still high, right? The production is still high, but it does not matter because the supporting cast was not right around him. He finally got Phil back. He got Powell back another start. And he got Derek Fisher back, his Pippen, in order to get back to the promised land. And there are countless players I can pull this up for. You can look at the Kevin Durant piece. When Kevin Durant was in Golden State, when Kevin Durant was in Brooklyn, when Kevin Durant was in OKC, his scoring has been consistent. He's consistently 27 points per game over his career. But the championships came when he had the best team around him. Devin Booker, his production from last year to this year, same. Same, 24 game. But guess what? He has the correct pieces around him to enable winning. So we look at Giannis right now. And Giannis has, has had back-to-back 40-point games. He's had back-to-back 40 and 10 games. He's doing, he's operating on a on a Hall of Fame, a, a, a Mount Rushmore, a path a, a Pantheon, like Pantheon, excuse me, Pantheon, top of the league, top ever. Like real deal, top 10, top 15 type NBA player ever. Production right now. But what was the difference between game two and game three? Drew Holiday showed up. So here's my challenge to you. Don't be so quick to knock the player, the star player, the superstar player when their team doesn't deliver. Because more times than not, it's the supporting cast, the supporting cast inability to show up and show out in those big moments, in the moments when they're needed, when the moments where they would do it any other day in the regular season, but apparently they can't do it in the playoffs. And then we hold it against them. Think about Chris Paul. We talk about, oh, Chris Paul, he can never be the point guard because he doesn't have a ring, this, that, and a third. And it's like, now he gets hurt in the playoffs. He does. And sometimes he makes a, a mistake. Everyone, every every great player has made a major mistake in the playoffs and resulted in their team leaving earlier than we would like. But when has Chris Paul been supported with the right players in order to help him win a championship? Maybe one of those Clippers teams, but I never thought those Clippers teams could win a championship because they lack a wing scorer and you need somebody who can score from the perimeter, score from the wing in order to win a championship in the NBA. Just go down the list of NBA champions, go down the list, and tell me how many of those teams could not get wing scoring. There's not many. Now, Giannis. Giannis has rightfully been beat up for his lack of playoff success because he's had the opportunity to do it and he has fallen short. But now this year, what has he done? He's gone up against the Miami Heat, the team who embarrassed him and put him out of the playoffs last year and then made it to the finals. He's like, the, the, again, Milwaukee did not have to play Miami. They, they tanked to play Miami. They wanted to see Miami. They saw him. And they got him up out of here. Then round two, he goes up against the best player in the Eastern Conference. Some would argue the best player in the NBA. Many of us argued after that series he was the best player in the NBA despite losing it. And Giannis beat him. 
Some will say Giannis outplayed him. I won't go that far because let's be honest. If KD's foot was like half an inch back, there's no overtime and the Bucks don't even make, make it out of the second round. But again, that's not what happened. They make it out the second round. Then Giannis hurts his knee. Now, I'm not a person who's going to praise Giannis for coming back from the hyperextended knee only because only because there was no structural damage. So it's like, there's no structural damage. Okay, there's some pain. There's some swelling. Okay, we can work through this, but like you, it's not structurally damaged. Like, got it. So he played a little bit slow game one. It's his first game back, but then he comes back and busts heads back-to-back 40 pieces. Game two, third quarter, amazing. Game three, amazing. But we hold it against Giannis because we don't like the way it looks. Now, I've been guilty of this because I put out, uh, I think I put on Facebook, um, I'd rather watch grass grow than watch Giannis on League Pass. I stand by that. But that doesn't mean he's not effective. Have you ever worked with somebody, right? You had a coworker or a boss. You couldn't stand them. Could not stand them at all. But they de- they delivered great products every single day time now the process in which to get those products was terrible you're like dang bro could you just be nicer do you have to be mean all the time but nonetheless they still give you the products that you want the products that you need or think about a strict parent living a life with a strict parent is difficult man You always can't have the same fun that your friends have. You can't go to all the parties that your friends go to. You you, you, sometimes got to go to bed earlier. You got to make sure you have certain grades. But in the long term, you look at your successes, you look at your, your, your life 10, 15 years later, and you go, you know what? I understand why we went through this. Now, it didn't feel good. It didn't look good, but it got us our desired result. And that's Giannis's game. We don't like to look at it because he's not a, he's not a skilled player, right? He can't shoot. He, he doesn't have the best ball handling skills, even though he scores at the rim. It's not like a, a your traditional post game, but it works. And it works at a high level. Like he's who can stop him? Now, don't get me wrong. I think he has probably the most favorable matchup right now in the finals that he could have that he could have asked for, because if he had to look at like Anthony Davis or something, they're like, eh, I don't know. And if he had to play against the Clippers, I think that Ty Lue would have had the right adjustments. His, his path to the basket would have been very difficult, despite the fact that they don't have a a a top end rim protector. But he's been unstoppable in the finals. And the type of finals that he's having, if he continues this, it's like, hey, bro, this is all-time stuff. But not only is it all-time stuff, you look at where he's at in his career. Well, he's been in the league, I believe, seven years. I think this is year seven for Giannis, but he's he's 26 years old. And he's already won two MVPs. He's already been a multi-time all-star 
five-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defense, and a Defensive Player of the Year. So if he maintains this momentum, he gets a Finals MVP this year. We're looking at like a historical run. We're looking at like, hey, you got two MVPs in this third season. You had MVP numbers, but we didn't want to give you the MVP because of what you look like in the playoffs in these previous years. And we can't we can't say that a non-champion, someone who's not shown up in the playoffs, somebody whose flaws are, are exposed in the playoffs and they've not been able to overcome them, can be a three-time MVP, three-time-in-a-row MVP, because that's like Larry Bird type stuff. You know what I mean? Not many people have done that. So we didn't want to put him in that rare air. But if he wins this championship and he continues to drop these 40 pieces, what what else is there to say? The proof is in the pudding. It's like, oh, dang, we didn't want to give LeBron the MVP in 2011 because we didn't want to give him the MVP three years in a row. Because he hasn't done it what we wanted in the playoffs, but when we look back on it, we go, yeah, LeBron was the most valuable player that season. And if Giannis continues to close this out, man, he just might have been the most valuable player this season. And all of us were wrong. And if he finishes now, who are we? to say he's not the best player in the league because ring culture tells us that it's not just what you do on the court. It's how it affects winning. Because we can talk about skill. I know James Harden is is a more skilled basketball player than Giannis. Kyrie's the most skilled basketball player in the league by, by, by most accounts, but that doesn't necessarily equate to winning. I think Kobe Bryant was more skilled than LeBron James, but if you look at the numbers, you look at winning percentages, you look at who was on the teams, LeBron was more effective, you know? Now, I'm not going to get too crazy about his 40-point playoff games because as amazing as they are, as efficient as they are, it's like, bro, who else is going to score and who else can guard him? Like, this is what they should do to win games. But if Giannis walks away as a Finals MVP and the NBA uh, NBA champion, what is the argument? What is the re- reasonable, rational, fact based argument against him being the best player in the league? Oh, he can't shoot. It doesn't matter. Shaq couldn't shoot. We still gave him best player in the league, but we were comfortable with Shaq dominating from the post. But we see Giannis take a few bad threes we don't like. Because he has the ball in his hand more and he does more guard things, we try to view him as like a perimeter player. But no, Giannis is a, a post player, man. He, he He's a – I won't say a post player. He is a interior finisher. That's where, he, that's where he butters his biscuits. That's where he makes his money. So we have to change our view because I think that we are trying to make Giannis what we want him to be. And then we judge him for not being what we want him to be. But when it equates to winning and he has the numbers to go with it, at that point, we're wrong, not him. Now, 
Speaking on Giannis' important cast, I think it's very hard to be a three. I really think it's super hard to be a three, and that's why it's tough for me to choose Milwaukee is because Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday go back and forth about who's going to be the three today, the number three option. And with the amount of touches Giannis gets, the amount of attention he, he garners, and the volume at which Middleton and Drew Holiday are capable of shooting, capable of operating with, I, I find it hard for them to figure out who's going to be in that third role and finding comfortability in that third role because I don't think either of them have a a third option type of game. I think they are solid number two options. I, I think that if Drew decided to commit to being a, a three and D type guy, he could do that, but he's not his best self if he's just three and D. But how do you figure that out? I'm not really sure, but let's get to CP3. You know, CP3 is is in his first finals. He's been CP3 all three games. He's been giving you his, what's game one, he gave you a, a 30 ball. Game two, he gave you 20. Game three, he gave you 19. He has his eight, nine, 10 assists each game. He, he, he gives you what you expect from CP3. His impact on the court, he he he's 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 I'm stuttering more than I actually have to now. Once I felt it, but he's dictating pace. He's the floor general. He's being CP3. Now I want you all to tell me what has CP3 done differently this year, last year. I'm not gonna necessarily look at his rocket seasons because of the fact that he was limited to to being his best self, especially when he was on the court with James Harden. But what is CP3 doing differently that's going to move him up in the point guard ratings or rankings, overall point guard rankings or overall player rankings of, of, of all time? What has he done that has changed his legacy? Oh, he made it to the finals. But what actually happened in the games that are changing your mind that, oh, we can move him. Look, I was listening to Rosillo talking about him, and there were some people who had Russell Westbrook over Chris Paul. And if you've ever had Russell Westbrook over Chris Paul, I think that you should learn how to watch basketball a new way because obviously the way that you watch basketball is off. One player creates winning and another player creates chaos. And wins may come with that chaos, but, you know, I I don't think Russell Westbrook plays winning basketball, but that's a conversation for another day. So what makes us want to change CP3's legacy? I I think he's Isaiah Thomas. He's Isaiah Thomas reincarnated, a young feisty point guard, can get buckets when he has to, but is not so consumed and getting all these big numbers and is trying his best to play winning basketball. I really think that's who he is. And when it's all said and done, for those who did not watch Chris Paul, I think that they are going to view him the way that Isaiah Thomas is often viewed by many people. Doesn't get the necessary respect because the counting stats aren't there. Don't get me wrong. Isaiah Thomas has a much better resume than Chris Paul. Isaiah Thomas... Beat MJ, beat Larry, 
be magic. He, he, he did all that. Now, Chris Paul doesn't necessarily have those accolades under his belt. So I'm not saying that he is a carbon copy of Isaiah Thomas, but I will say to you is that Chris Paul, what he's doing at the age of 36, you're 14? At his size? You're the uncharted waters. And he deserves his flowers. And here's what I don't want. I don't want because after game two, it's like, oh, God, Chris Paul, point God, finals MVP. Maybe. After game three, oh, Giannis, back-to-back 40-point games. They, they're up one. I mean, they're down one. Yeah, he won his home game. Everybody's won their home games like they're supposed to. Now, let's see. Is, is Chris Paul really what we thought he was? Is he is he wearing down? Uh, was this a fluke season? Um, Is he going to blow another big playoff? No, man, he had a Scott Foster game. He's like 0-12 in, in, in playoff games versus Scott Foster, the, the official, like, hey. I'm not I'm not even going to get into the calls because I watched the game and I didn't like some of the refereeing, but that's not I don't stand on those hills when I'm when I'm talking hoops. Right. But are we really going to change our view on Chris Paul where we had him all the way up here on top of point guard Mount Rushmore? Then we're going to move him to like, I don't know, like the 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 the. The 2010s Mount Rushmore instead of like the all-time Mount Rushmore if he doesn't win his championship. The, at what point does an individual's play matter versus the result of the team? And it takes me back to what we've been talking about is that the supporting cast makes the movie. The supporting cast is going to determine whether or not a team wins the championship. It's not going to be the star player. So what I'm wanting, what I'm trying to challenge you all to do is not get so caught up into making these flash snap judgments based on the result of the game, but look at the process and then allow the process to dictate your evaluation of the result. So lastly, I'm going to give my thoughts on the finals through three games. Before it started, before we even knew our teams, I told y'all this was going to be off-brand finals. And by all reports, it's been an off-brand finals. The ratings are up from last year's bubble finals, but last year's finals were were a little bit different. I, I want to say we had like a, about a seven rating. We're sitting at like an eight right now. But um, if my memory serves me correctly, in 2019, the ratings were much higher. Let me see if I can get IT on this. Let me see. Because it's hard to find ratings when you're not plugged in. 2019 finals ratings. 2019 NBA finals ratings. Okay, so 2019, the, the let me see. We got an average of 15.14 million viewers, right? The year before... 2018, we had an average of 17.56. 17, we had 20.38. 16, 20.2. So you, you you see where we're at. And now let me see if I can get 2021. Let me see if I can get 2021 because they might not publish that to the peons like me. 8.9. That's not good. It's called off-brand finals. It's teams that people don't want to watch. It's 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 storylines that people don't want to follow. And I told y'all, I'd much rather watch grass grow a paint dry than watch Giannis on League Pass. Granted, when he's the only game on, I'm going to watch him. 
And, and don't get me wrong, I do watch some Milwaukee League pass games in order to properly discuss Giannis, properly analyze him. But there are other teams I'd rather watch. And guess what? The Suns, they're another team that people don't want to watch. I enjoy watching the Suns play. I think they play some of the best basketball, best pure offense of anybody in the league this season. Like, I love to watch the way they snap the ball around, you know, make the extra pass to get the to get the best shot instead of a, a, a good shot, you know. It's beautiful. I love it. But that's not necessarily the, the, the culture of basketball. It's not the culture of what people want to see. People want to see the Stiffs. They want to see the Dames. They want to see the LeBron James, the Anthony Davises of the world, the Kevin Durants, the Kyrie Irvins, the James Hardens. And that takes me to my last point, man. Oh, uh, final thoughts through game three. Uh, my final thoughts through three games. I don't know who to pick. I want the Suns to win, but like I don't know who to pick because Giannis is an unstoppable force, and if his supporting cast shows up, there's no hope for the Suns. But if his supporting cast fails, Chris Paul continues to Chris Paul. Book doesn't have ten points, and Aiden doesn't get an early foul trouble and only play twenty four minutes. Then, I mean. The Suns can win. I mean, if if Chris Paul keeps getting Brooke Lopez in a, in a darn switch, then he's going to get his mid-range shot. But I do like the fact that Milwaukee, excuse me, is switching some things up every now and then. They're not doing the same thing, same defense every time. They are making adjustments. We may not like the adjustments. We may not like the way they are making the adjustments. But it's obvious from watching the game that they're making adjustments. Now, what was my point that I was going to make to close this thing out? I have absolutely no idea. See, that's why you just have to, when you got a point, when you got a rant, you just got to run with it or write it down because you're, 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 oh, here we go. These overreactions. See, we got to stop overreacting to everything that happens. Let me just change this. Let's talk hoops. Where's my damn thing at? So we got to stop overreacting to everything that happens. I did overreactions, but guess what? My overreactions were a parody of everyone's overreactions because I understood that these games are game by game. Like just because the home team went up 2-0 doesn't mean the, the, the series is over. And just because the, the home team wins game three and now we're at 2-1, it doesn't mean that, oh, God, the series is flipped. And we got to stop crowning these players as, as superstars and stars before they finish the deal. Now, again, I tell you, it is very important to look at the supporting actors in the movie to, 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 to get a, a understanding of how that movie is going to go. If the supporting actors don't show up more times than not, the movie's not going to be good. But when your main character doesn't show up, when you're... Number one, supporting actor, your, 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 your B doesn't show up. You're cooked. And when we look at what's happened with Devin Booker, Devin Booker hasn't been the same since he broke his nose. Understandable. But when the man only has 10 points in a finals game, that's a problem. Even in his good games, when he's not shooting at a high percentage, he hasn't shot above 50% since, like, game one of the Clipper series. That's a problem. But the problem is that he's not getting called out for it because we don't even hold him to that expectation. So because we don't hold him to that expectation, we can't call him a budding superstar. We have to say he's a really good player or he's a star. 
You know, like when Jason Tatum shit the bed against um against Brooklyn, we didn't like say, "Oh God, Jay, where's Jason Tatum?" We're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, here's what it is. Not a superstar." When Trey Young, granted he was hurt, did not show up in Game Six versus the Bucks. I didn't hear anybody calling for Trey Young's head. I didn't hear people saying, "Oh, we've overrated Trey Young." Why? Because he's not a superstar. And it's okay not to be a superstar. Hell, one of my issues with, with Giannis and and where I'm kind of eating crow now is I was slow to the Giannis party. Why? Prove it to me. Prove it to me in the playoffs. Not just your team winning, but let me look at your numbers. Let me look at your production. Let me see that your production is a part of the winning and you're just not producing at a high level, but the people around you aren't winning. And then I'll go tip my hat. He's a superstar. If Giannis pulls this out, he's a bona fide, certified top what? Best player in the league? Top two? No lower than top three? Like, what? what is the argument against him? You tell me the argument against him, and I'll say, hey, you, you, you show me an argument, I got it. Because I told you, like, LeBron's reign is over, and it looks like we're about to feel, fear the deer, and the Greek freak is the new face of the NBA. We fallin big babies. We fallin big babies. Big baby, yeah. 